Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations. Got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the claw and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar. Got your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Happy Tuesday, Calvin. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday out there to all of you. Progressive G, what's up? What's good? Yeah, welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another show. We're here. We got a bunch to talk about today. We had a couple awesome basketball games yesterday. But first, let's start off with injuries. Uh, then we're going to talk about, you know, some rumors around the NBA, Sacramento Kings, Portland Trailblazers, and then we're going to give some recaps on yesterday's games and some previews of today's games before we end the show, as always, with Q&A, you guys, the fans. So first off, Calvin, let's uh, let's get these injury updates. Uh, yeah, so John Morant, the Grizzlies medical staff just released a statement earlier this morning on John Morant. He had an MRI on the injured knee, and good news is no ligament damage uh, was reported. He does have a bone bruise. He is still listed as doubtful for the remainder of this series and beyond, but that could change, obviously, in the coming days and weeks. Does a bone bruise happen by pulling on somebody's knee? I, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot answer that <laughs> good question. Answer, good answer, good answer, good <laughs> answer. All right, we also found out that Kyle Lowry is ruled out for today's game. Any updates on him as far as the hamstring? Uh the only update is that I guess it's still clearly bothering him. He was very ineffective in games three and four back in Philadelphia. Um, I'm sure that he tried to gut it out and give his best effort, but it's pretty clear that he's not anywhere near 100%, and Miami is going to go the route of resting him, banking on the fact that they're deep enough they can go get a win and probably pick up a series win without him. Yeah, yeah, he definitely looked like he was hurting them more than helping them out there. As much as players want to be out, especially in the playoffs playing, it's your job as a coach, as a GM, to be like, okay, take it easy, hold hold back here. We like what we had before you were uh, trying to play injured, but uh, we appreciate everything, and, and we want you to be back soon as your healthy self. What's up, Mike? Good to see you here. All right. Also, we found out yesterday that Steve Kerr has tested positive for COVID. I thought it was pretty interesting uh, considering the game beforehand. I saw him do his post-game press conference with a mask on, which I thought was interesting. Normally, the only guy that I see with a mask on in the playoffs is uh, Emi Adoka, 
who has it on his chin, kind of Luke Walton style. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he tests positive for COVID. We haven't found out any other information as far as if it, you know, if any other players got it or anything like that. That would be devastating for the Golden State Warriors. But exciting for Kings fans. The day that Mike Brown was announced as the new head coach or, or the next morning uh, of the Sacramento Kings, he's driving to the arena and finds out he will be the head coach of the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. Uh, pretty funny situation, right, Cal? Yeah, man. Congratulations to him. Two head coaching jobs in the span of 24 hours. It's Not funny. Bad. You and I were texting back and forth during the game, and we're like, oh, man, if the Warriors lose this game, Mike Brown is going to be hearing it. I heard Charles Barkley, uh, like, at halftime saying that the Kings were going to fire him if he loses that game. I know it's all jokes there, but but pretty pretty funny, huh? Yes, a very unique set of circumstances for Mike Brown and for the, the players of the Golden State Warriors, as we heard Steph Curry talk about after the game. Yeah, what did he say? He said... I thought we all got traded to the Kings overnight. Oh, man, a little subtle diss to your Sacramento Kings. Uh, also heard after the end of that interview, he said, congratulations on not getting traded to Sacramento. So <laughs> uh, the hits keep coming for us Kings fans, but that's okay. Hired a new coach. We're moving in the correct direction. And, uh, hey, we're, we're still enjoying and watching the playoffs. Yes. But on a serious note, you're right. That is definitely going to be something to watch with the Warriors going forward if they have – We've already seen teams get eliminated in the playoffs because their star player Clippers. tested positive. Bulls as well. Yep. Zach Levine went out. I mean, they probably weren't going to win the series anyway, but they get eliminated the game after yep. both those guys test positive for COVID. So it, it would definitely, obviously, hurt. I think State it had a huge impact on that Clippers. Uh, oh, yeah, playing. absolutely. Because that was a one absolutely. win and you're, you're in or one loss and you're out and losing your best player or your second best player, however you want to figure it at this right. point, right. Uh, is definitely devastating. Hopefully nothing happens to the Golden State Warriors, but something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, next up we're hearing rumors about Zach Levine potentially joining the Portland Trailblazers, uh, in a podcast, uh, Brian Windhorst was on the Hoop Collective podcast this morning. He said uh, the initial impression around the league was that Zach Levine was off the market and that he was uh, almost a certainty to remain in Chicago. Zach Levine's had some interesting comments here. Uh, we know his agent, Rich Paul, has navigated quite a few different superstars leaving the franchises that they were with. Um, but this quote from Zach Levine is pretty interesting. He says, I plan to enjoy free agency. We're going to have an experience A through Z without making any fast decisions. I think that's something me and Rich Paul are going to go through and experience. Interesting words. Obviously, this does not mean he is leaving or, or for sure thing to leave the Bulls. I don't know why he would want to leave the Bulls. It seemed like they were actually starting to build something good, had the best record in the NBA uh, at a point in this season. Uh, Calvin, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Levine's eligible for five years, $212 million if he re-signs with the Bulls. If he chooses to move on and go to another team in something other than a sign-and-trade, he's only eligible for four years, $157 million. Yeah, um, 
Well, as you can probably imagine, Barry, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. <laughs> this one hurts. It hits me close to home. I would hate to see Zach Levine leave Chicago. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned, it makes sense for him to re-sign with the Bulls. They've got this good core group of players. They just added all this talent last year. When healthy, they looked like one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the entire league. And he was a big part of that, obviously. He, he talked multiple times this season about how life was so much different this year. He's never played with a player like DeMar DeRozan before. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like to be on a winning team. Um, all of that stuff, it, it seemed like everything was going Chicago's way in terms of not having to worry about this situation that we're talking about right here, right now. Now, if I remove my fandom cap for a second and I think about this logically, if there's one team that actually does make a lot of sense for Zach Levine to sign with, even though he's going to be taking less money, Portland is a, is one of those teams, in my opinion. You think about it, they cleared a ton of cap space, so they have mm-hmm. the ability to make a move like this. But I can think of a trio right now that's playing in the NBA playoffs that would look pretty similar to what Portland would have if they signed Zach Levine. The Golden State Warriors have got two veteran players that mm-hmm. are phenomenal shooters and a young up-and-coming guard who is starting to show promise as a big-time player in this league. Dame Lillard and Zach Levine would be those two veterans, and Anthony Simons could be that third guy for this Portland team if they were to go that route and play a three-guard rotation. That's a pretty good start. Obviously, they've got to fill out the rest of the roster, but it is really intriguing both from a a, ba- a basketball standpoint, like a fan standpoint, yep. and from Zach Levine's standpoint as well. Yeah, the Blazers definitely, uh, I guess, blew it up this season. Um, doesn't mean they're going to punt on next season as well. Just looking here, you know, as far as salary cap-wise goes, Eric Bledsoe's got a partially guaranteed contract. Joe Ingles is expiring. Uh, Nurkic is expiring. Uh, and you have a bunch of these other guys. Afrini Simons, uh, he will be eligible for a contract this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as that goes. Uh, according to this article, the Blazers can clear as much as $48.8 million if they are to renounce the cap holds on Joe Ingles, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, and Afrini Simons. So it might be tough for them to keep both of those guys. However, I could see a potential situation here where Zach Levine does not want to miss out on that five-year deal, and this could end up being a sign-and-trade. $212 million is a lot of reasons. Yeah, to, to the Portland Trailblazers. And, and if I'm the Bulls uh, and, you know, Zach Levine wants to leave, getting a guy like Afrini Simons uh, is definitely a worthy, con- uh, you know, consolation prize for me and some of these other pieces. It, it would be an interesting uh, team, you know, uh, the reason I think that Zach Levine would consider moving on is if he doesn't believe uh, that what they did last year was sustainable. And I don't think there's a reason to really believe that way other than the fact that DeMar DeRozan's getting older. If you feel that that guy is not going to be the same or uh, you know, if you're committing for five years and you're looking and you're saying, okay, five years or, or three years from now, am I going to be the only one really here? What's going on with the rest of this roster? And then you look at Portland, they almost hit the reset button. 
They held on to a guy in Damian Lillard, who is an absolute stud in this league. They have right now they're projected at the sixth pick in this year's NBA draft. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We have the draft lottery, uh, you know, in a week from today. We're going to be live streaming it here on the channel and on Royal Rebound. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. If Portland's able to win this draft lottery or get in that one, two, three uh, area, a three-headed monster of Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, and maybe a Chet Holmgren, a Jabari Smith, or a, a Paulo Banchero could be pretty exciting. Um, don't know how win now those three young guys really are, but uh, definitely exciting for Portland fans. Yeah, they've got a lot of options here, and it, it proves that their uh, method of l intentionally losing games at the end of the season is working in their favor at the moment, at the moment. Yeah, I, I expect Zach Levine <clears throat> to re-sign with the Bulls. I think there's too too many reasons for him to do that. But, uh, you know, it's it's the NBA offseason for a lot of these teams, like the Bulls, like the Kings. The rumors are swirling. Uh, I love to listen to them all, and I love to talk about them. So uh, I'd happily in entertain any kind of situation uh, like that. Yes, Mike, um, we announced that Ja was potentially out for the playoffs, but he says it's breaking news. He is officially out for the remainder well, of the playoffs. Well, the, the medical report that the Grizzlies released does say in it that he is out for the playoffs. However, it also says that that could change. Um, you know, it's it's just like the Joel Embiid situation. Yep. These guys are listed out as indefinitely because you have no idea how quickly they're going to be able to recover, and you, you're also not guaranteed to move on in the playoffs, right? So exactly. you, you got to list them as out right now, but w we could see that change. Yeah, they're, the Miami Heat are, are rubbing off on all these other yeah. teams with their injury <laughs> yeah. reports. Huh? That's... That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies season is probably going to be over, but we'll see. They were able to work some stuff out. Steven Adams uh, was very productive in that game, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. The last subject I want to cover, Calvin, before we move on to Monday's recap is Al Horford. The dude has been playing absolutely incredible. We saw him lock up KD in the first round. Now he's locking up Giannis. You know, Giannis is still going to get his. Don't get me wrong there, but the dude looked exhausted during this game. And Al Horford sets a new playoff career high with 30 points. They showed a list of guys that played the most playoff games before having a 30-point game. He's number one on the list. Yeah, there was 132 like 100, games, yeah, playoff games. Wild, absolutely wild. We saw the success he had early on with Atlanta, with a bunch of those teams. Um, he had some su success with Boston. Then he seemed to have dropped off with the last year with Boston. Then in Philadelphia, he moves on to Oklahoma City, somehow rebuilds his career just like Chris Paul, like we were talking about earlier, and has had a great season for Boston. For the regular season, he's only averaging 10 points per game uh, and about 7.7 .7 rebounds, but he has been a completely different animal here in the playoffs. He has been a revelation for Boston. It's just incredible what he's done he he looks like he has totally turned back the clock i find it funny that we're having this conversation a day after we had a nice conversation about nba players using performance enhancing drugs <laughs> and is it a problem in the nba and then al horford goes out and scores a career high 30 or playoff career high 30 points uh, but no he he's been absolutely great for them and jalen rose 
shout out to Jalen Rose, go blue. Got to support my fellow Wolverines. But he made a really good point, I thought, today on Jalen and Jacoby talking about this very subject in that Al Horford looks much, much better when he plays the five. Yep. That's one of the biggest reasons why he failed in Philadelphia next to Embiid, right? Mm-hmm. Because he he's not a, a power forward. They They operate the same way. And we are seeing it when Robert Williams doesn't play in Boston. Al Horford has his best games. Yep. So that's an interesting thing to keep in mind for for the Celtics moving forward. Because if he's going to keep playing like this, I mean, they're they definitely are now the favorites. I think in the Eastern Conference to come out uh, and and make the NBA Finals. But another thing I'm thinking about is. If you're an aging NBA star, <laughs> you might want to consider wasting a year on the bench in Oklahoma City before you move on Getting to your next paid team. to be on the bench. <laughs> I don't know about it's, wasting. Well, it's a lost a year. year in terms of your stats. You're not going to win very many games. Yep. Um, but I think of all the guys in recent years that went to Oklahoma City. Chris Paul, as you mentioned, Carmelo Anthony, yep. sort of – he had the fall off after he left Oklahoma City, and it took him a while to get back in. But even guys like Paul George, yep. I mean, maybe what? James Harden should go back to Oklahoma City next year. What happened to Russell Westbrook? I don't know what happened to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, he wasn't aging when he was on Oklahoma City. That was when he was in his prime. He's got to go back to Oklahoma City now. So I just want to read off here a few stats um, from Al Horford this year in the playoffs. First game of the first round against the Nets 20 points 15 rebounds follows that up with 16 and 6 then he has his worst game 3 points 3 rebounds in 28 minutes follows that up 13 and 6 12 and 10 11 and 11 22 and 16 and now 30 and 8 he's been playing great he's been one of the best big men in the entire postseason and on top of that, that doesn't even and that includes show his three defense. MVP candidates who yeah. are all big men. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't even show right there the defense that he was playing on Kevin Durant. What he's oh, no, done, not at all. Uh, you know, in the locker room and, and as far as like Giannis and stuff like that. So, like we always say on this show, if you're fucking up, we're gonna point it out. If you're <laughs> playing great, we're gonna congratulate you. Absolutely. So, shout out to Al Horford. Shout out to Big Al. All right, Calvin, let's talk about Monday's games. And we can start this off uh, talking about Al Horford and the Boston <laughs> Celtics. They head to Milwaukee, and they defeat the Bucks 116-108. Calvin was right. Uh, he picked Boston to win yes, this game. I had a good comeback day yesterday <laughs> after the weekend totally made me look like an idiot. So uh, Jason Tatum leads or ties all scores in this game uh 30 points for him 13 rebounds five assists 30 and eight for al horford in this game 18 points for marcus smart smart eight assists um 18 points for jalen brown only three guys played uh off the bench um 11 points for white and then moving on here to the bucks 34 points 18 rebounds five assists for Giannis. He was in foul trouble in this game. He looked exhausted out there. He played 41 minutes, 17 points for Brooke Lopez, 16 for Drew Holiday, and 12 points for Wesley Matthews. And Pat Connington scores 11 points off the bench. 
It's crazy here, Calvin. I'm looking at the bench players. There's, you know, five guys that came off the bench that only played one minute in this game. But eight guys total off the bench for them, and a combined 22 points, including uh, 11 from Connington. So what were your thoughts on this game? Um, well, both games yesterday were, were – they came down to the fourth quarter. Both games were, were close. Um Neither any of the four teams didn't really shot well in any in either game yesterday. I mean, the Celtics shot fifty percent from the field. Um, <clears throat> but they these games were won in the fourth quarter. That's when Jason Tatum took over. Uh, he finally flipped the switch and looked like Jason Tatum again. Mm-hmm. Al Horford goes into beast mode in that second half after Giannis. Uh, dunks on him and gives him a, a bad look. I guess <laughs> he, he said he didn't like it. Whatever, whatever motivation you need, uh, if it works, it works, right? Um, but yeah, the, the fourth quarter, Boston outscores Milwaukee on the road, forty-three to twenty-eight. Um, and <clears throat> you're right, it, Giannis and Drew Holiday are having to do so much of the heavy lifting for this team, mm-hmm. particularly Giannis. He looks absolutely exhausted, and they are sorely missing Chris Middleton because this whole team the way they operate it's three-point field goals and dunks right yep the one guy that helps control the middle of the floor the mid-range which we're seeing you know the regular season it seems to be all about three-point field goals and layups or dunks yep but in the playoffs you need to find different ways to score you need to unlock the middle of the floor mm-hmm. we've seen it with a lot of different teams and Milwaukee is missing the one guy that does that for them and that's Chris Middleton. Yeah. Yeah, when you're playing a team in a seven game series, it's a much different animal than playing a, a new team every single night. Uh teams can game plan, uh they can figure you out, they can change defensive looks, stuff like that. You're totally right. Milwaukee needs to get some min range in this game. Giannis can't do it all by himself. You know, the guys that I'm really looking at that I thought played great in the first round that haven't done much here are Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis. They were playing so great in the first round. I know this series is tied 2-2 here, and, you know, it's, it's still anybody's It is game. anybody's yeah. game here, but they need Grayson Allen to step up. He's been here in the starting lineup. They need Bobby Portis to be what he was in the first round uh, if they're going to get past this Boston team because it is only 2-2. Uh, but Boston does have home court advantage, and uh, you know Boston's looking pretty good, Calvin. They are, and I think the um, the rotations, the starting lineups, the adjustments that these coaches are making has been a big storyline in this series. Um, it may have been a blessing in disguise that Robert Williams wasn't able to go for Boston yesterday. I know they miss his rim protection um, and his scoring around the rim. He's a lob threat, all that stuff, and he's had a great season. But they went small, they start Grant Williams, and Milwaukee has to counter that. Their better starting lineup right now without Middleton is to use those three big guys mm-hmm. and have Bobby Portis in there. But because Boston is going smaller, they counter with Grayson Allen in the starting lineup. They're now playing three guards, Holiday, Wesley Matthew, Matthews, and Allen. And you're right, Grayson Allen has had two really good games in the playoffs against the Chicago Bulls. Other than that, he's done absolutely nothing for them. Yep. So that's the right now the it, it just looks like Milwaukee, because they're handicapped without Middleton being available, they're playing catch up trying to counter 
the lineups and the adjustments in terms of uh, matchups. And if Giannis and Drew Holiday don't go crazy, yeah, Boston usually has the advantage and wins the game. No one expected <laughs> Al Horford to be playing this well. Like I don't think anybody. Maybe Al Horford. Maybe Al Horford's wife uh, and his kids. <laughs> his sister, I think, knew yeah. something was up too yesterday. But uh, you know, hopefully, she's not getting any unwanted hugs uh, in the <laughs> arena. But um, Al Horford has been the difference. In the first round, we saw it in stopping Kevin Durant as much as you can stop Kevin Durant, but yeah. just making it difficult on he him. He did it in spots. I mean, J- uh, Jason Tatum was really the guy that shut down Kevin yep. Durant in that first-round series. But you're right. Al Horford was a great complimentary player to throw on him. And it's the same thing with Giannis. Yes, Giannis had 34-18-5 in this game, but the dude looked exhausted. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, watching LeBron James early on in his career uh, with his first time in Cleveland was the dude was so amazing. He could do so many things on the court. His team relied on him so much. But then when crunch crunch time came at the end of the game, he was exhausted from doing everything all game long. Yeah. And, you know, LeBron has been so amazing as far as like longevity of his career. And he learned how to win in Miami. He learned how to conserve some energy for the last part of the game. I'm not seeing the, that by the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's why they've been having problems closing out here at the end. Absolutely. And to continue off of that point, what is one thing that people have criticized LeBron James about for the majority of his career? Free throws. Yep. When you're exhausted because you do everything for a team yep. in a playoff game, yep. and you get to the line, and you're already at a, a average to below average free throw shooter, the Bucks missed six free throws last night. Giannis missed five of them. Yep. Six of 11 at the line. That's a, that's a difference maker in a game, especially a playoff game. Especially a playoff game. All right, so, uh, you know, I think the next game is on Wednesday. Uh, any thoughts on the series, Calvin, before we move on to Memphis at Golden State? Well, I got to admit, I'm a little bit just like uh, at this point in the first round when Boston, well, I guess at this point it was already a sweep, but after two games in the first round with Boston and Brooklyn, I was starting to get a little nervous about my pick. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little nervous about my pick here in okay. Milwaukee. I, I just feel like especially the longer this series goes, you know, it's guaranteed now to go six games. If it goes the full seven games, I worry about Giannis's uh, conditioning level, his endurance, all that stuff, maybe not his conditioning, but just the fact that he's so worn down, so beaten up, has to carry so much of the load for this team. I think Boston now has the advantage, especially if they're able to go back and win game five. If Boston yeah. wins this series, Calvin, we're going to be tied up because yeah. I had Brooklyn yeah. uh, moving on, and uh, you had Milwaukee, so yeah. that'll be. Pretty I mean, they're still the see. champs, and I picked them to repeat this yep. year, so I'm not going to abandon ship yet. It is still two-two. We all know. I think it's eighty-two percent of the time, or whatever, in a series tied two-two, the winner of Game Five goes on to win the series. So it's goes without saying. There's three huge Game 5s coming up yep. in these NBA playoffs, and this is just as big as any one of them. Very, very exciting. Real quick, Calvin, Progressive G wants to know if you're excited about the Kings getting Mike Brown as head coach. Um, I, I am excited. I've, 
I think I'm more excited that the organization seems to be making the smart decisions yes. and they're all on the same page as opposed to I'm so excited about Mike Brown specifically. I think he's a good coach and a solid pick. I think he was the best option out of the three finalists. Um, but I'm more excited that the organization itself it seems to not be repeating uh, yep. the mistakes that they made in the past. Baby steps. We'll yes. see if McNair gets extended to to line up with that contract. If Mike Brown is in Sacramento for four years, if he plays out that entire contract, I don't care what the record is in that four years, but if he plays out all four years of that contract, I think that is a step in the right direction for Sacramento because we're finally getting some stability, and you need stability to build something. You you really you really need that. All right, one more question before we move on here. Uh, Mike wants to know if we will be seeing any Crown Royal shots if the Mavs win the series. <laughs> uh, well, I think we might be out of Crown Royal, but we have Jameson here. So, yes, Mike, I, I will make a bet with you right now. I've still got Phoenix to win the series, obviously, but if the Mavs win, I will do a shot of Jameson. I can't... Double Speak shot for, for Calvin. Double shot for Calvin. But I will do a shot. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a shot as well. I, I haven't actually been drinking. It's been almost a month for me since I've drank. But uh, I'll, I'll take a shot. Why not? Uh, they're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on We'll here. know a lot more about that after tonight's <laughs> game. But The second game on Monday, uh, Memphis goes into Golden State. They lose this game much closer then game three, uh, but they lose 101-98. No Ja Morant in this game. We saw him uh, shake Jordan Poole's hand uh, as good as he could. Uh, he tried <laughs> to hold his emotions in in this game. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here. Mike Brown is 1-0 is in the playoffs this year as head coach, so uh, just, you know, whatever that's worth. As far as stats in this game, uh, the Grizzlies pretty evenly, uh, you know, space scoring for them. 21 points for Jaron Jackson Jr., five blocks in this game. Remember I was saying last game, yep. the dude needs to do more on the defensive end of the floor like we've seen him uh, do earlier. Oh, of seven from three, though. He put them in a position to win this game. Unfortunately, they did not. Dylan Brooks, 12 points, uh, five rebounds, eight assists in his first game back. Both of those guys were in foul trouble in this game. 10 points, 15 rebounds for Steven Adams in his first start returning uh, from COVID and the benching in round one. 19 points for Tyus Jones. Only eight points for Desmond Bain in this game. And 17 off the bench for Kyle Anderson. The Warriors, Draymond Green, 33 minutes in this game. Two points. 11 rebounds, five, assi uh, five assists, and a block in this game. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga starts in this game, only plays five minutes. Uh, over as far <laughs> as wild. points. Only played five uh, Andrew Wiggins, 17 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, and two blocks in 39 minutes. 32 points, five rebounds, eight assists, and a steal for Steph Curry. 14 for Klay Thompson, and 12 for Otto Porter, and 14 for Jordan Poole off the bench Calvin the Warriors are now up 3-1 Ja Morant we're, we're looking here is is probably going to be out for the remainder of this series uh what were your thoughts on this game well this 
Memphis let this game get away. I, I mean, the the fact that they actually were ahead for the majority of this game without John Morant, you know, was very surprising to me on the road. They they definitely they didn't play very well. Neither team did. They won Both twenty teams games shot without horribly. him this year. They did. They did. They know what it's like to play without him. However, the reason why it's different now is it's the postseason. Mm-hmm. John Morant, he's been great for them in the playoffs in general. But where has he really, really excelled? In the fourth quarter. Yep. What happens in the fourth quarter today or in yesterday's game? They fall Steph apart. Curry goes crazy. Yep. They outscore the uh, Grizzlies 39 to 29. Is that right? Yeah. 39 to 29 in the fourth quarter. And that's where this game got away from Memphis. Um, you mentioned Desmond Bain. This, I've been raving about him all year long, saying he's one of my new up-and-coming favorite players in the league. Um, you know, On Royal Rebounds, I'm even suggesting that the Kings have a chance to grab Dylan Brooks now because of the way Dil- Desmond Bain has been playing for them this year. He was amazing in their first-round series against mm-hmm. Minnesota. He uh, you know, probably kept them in or won them a couple of games when Morant had issues scoring in that series. Yep. It's been the complete opposite in this Warriors series. They have absolute, the Warriors have absolutely shut him down, um, only attempting four three-point field goals. He was up to six, seven, eight threes a game in that first-round series against uh, Minnesota. They need more out of him, and they need even more out of him now that Morant is going to be absent from this team. They've got no chance unless he is uh, one of their leading scorers, I would say. In any game. Yeah, only eight shot attempts for him in this game. What do you think the Warriors are doing to kind of uh, take him out of his comfort zone? Well, I think they're just, uh, they're a veteran team that knows how to play team defense. It, it's not any one guy. I mean, Clay Thompson has done a great job on him in spots. Andrew Wiggins has done a great job on him in spots. They're mm-hmm. throwing different bodies at him. Um, and then for Minnesota, you know, we talked about it in that series. They gamble a lot on defense, they yeah. take risks. They have good defensive players, you know, individual players, but they haven't mastered that team defense in the playoffs where everybody's got everybody's back. Memphis, yes. M- Mem- uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, sorry, saying. Minnesota. The Golden State Warriors are the complete opposite of that. They've been doing this for years. They yeah. know exactly how to play with each other, um, and they have versatile defenders that they can switch on to multiple guys, and I think it's been a total team effort on this guy. He was clearly... Um, somebody that they were targeting as we can't let this guy go off. You know, it's kind of like Dallas. Phoenix is okay with Luka scoring 40 as long as nobody else scores. Mm -hmm. I think Golden State is okay with John Morant scoring 40 as long as they can keep the other players on this team down. And that's exactly what they've done, and that's why they're up 3-1. Yeah, it's, a, it's really unfortunate that John Morant's not available to finish this series because he was playing some really exciting basketball. Uh, I hope he heals up. I know they said it's only a bone bruise, so hopefully that doesn't affect him. He is expected um, to make a full recovery, and the fact that there's no ligament damage, yep. you know, all the air comes back into your lungs if you're a Memphis fan yeah. when you read and hear that statement. Definitely, and you know he's going to come back next season uh, with an even bigger chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. after what happened mm-hmm. uh, in this year's playoffs. I want to talk about Steven Adams. Um, you know, we talked about on this podcast in the first round, was he too big, uh, you know, to match up with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves? 
He played 27 minutes in this game. First game back from COVID, uh, 15 rebounds, 10 points on five and nine shooting. Charles Barkley was saying that maybe Memphis had discovered something uh, in Steven Adams. Maybe they had found a weak point in this Warriors team as far as going big and having size inside. Maybe it's too little too late considering the Warriors are now up 3-1 in this series. What are your thoughts on Steven Adams, what he brings to Memphis, and if this is something they should try and exploit in Game uh, 5? Well, I think that this is more of a a we don't really have many other options move at this point than a, a strategic we're trying to gain an advantage sort of a thing. What does Steven Adams bring to this team? Toughness and rebounding. But Memphis has been out-rebounded in every game in this series, I think. Mm -hmm. They got out-rebounded last night despite Steven Adams having 15 boards himself. So I, I don't think that this uh, has opened any doors or we're seeing something that Memphis can really draw off of because both teams shot horribly yesterday. The, the Warriors shot 24% from three and Memphis 25% from three. That's probably not going to continue for too many more games. And if Golden State does hit their outside shots and they spread the floor, yeah. then Steven Adams, we've seen it in the it's past. Like game three. We've seen him and Rudy Gobert get turned around in circles trying yep. to guard Steph Curry. You're, you're going to see more of that, I think, uh, the longer this series goes. I don't think it's going to last much longer, though. Yeah, I expect them to try and exploit the matchup early on in game five just to see if that's something that they can get going um, because you're right they don't really have many options at this point it's funny I spent yesterday watching some old clips uh, of playoff games the Golden State Warriors were involved in I, I was showing my girlfriend uh, we watched a video called Draymond Green is a dirty player and uh there was a lot of highlights in there of him kicking Steven Adams in the nuts. And I had to explain to her about, uh, you know, him hitting LeBron James and getting suspended in the finals and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's kind of another interesting di dynamic to bring into this series where we've already seen so much physicality. We've seen guys get injured on both teams uh, and we've seen ejections and suspensions. Steven Adams seems like a very level-headed cool dude he's got history with draymond green maybe he's not upset about it i would be if i were him because i was re-watching those highlights and draymond green is just straight st sticking his leg out kicking him <laughs> uh it's pretty wild but uh just another interesting thing to add to this incredible series oh yeah, yeah. i have no idea where i'm going with that but uh <laughs> Draymond Green, man, you watch all these videos. He's the guy you love to hate if he's not on your team. And yep. uh, stuff yep. like that definitely fuels it. But, hey, he struggled in this game. Um, you know, only two points on two shot attempts. He was looking to get other guys open. Uh, he that, was in foul trouble in this game. He's playing every game now. Yep. I mean, this is not a guy that's looking for his shot or looking to score. Why do you think the Warriors started Kaminga? And why do you think he only played five minutes in this game? The second question I don't have an answer for. He, this is now actually the second game in a row that he started. He started game three as well and had a really good game. I think he scored 18 points or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong if anybody knows out there. But um, 
I'm I'm not sure why he only played five minutes. I really don't know. Maybe because Otto Porter was back for this game, and they like him better in the rotation than Kaminga, but uh, that's my only guess. Interesting. Any thoughts on Game 5 on Wednesday before we move on to today's games? Well, unfortunately for Memphis fans, I think this series is over. I, I mean, John Moran has been pretty much the only guy that's been able to keep them in it. The fourth quarter has been his quarter. Now uh, the fourth quarter is going to be Steph's quarter or the war or Jordan Poole's quarter or whatever. Um, and I, I just I felt like Memphis was going to lose this series regardless. Yep. Now they don't have their best player, um, and they're playing a team that looks like they've regained their championship form. So I, I think it's it's about time. For, for Memphis to pack their bags wherever they're headed, Cancun, um, you know, <laughs> You're going fishing. fishing. Yeah, yeah. Br- bring whatever you got. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I, I feel pretty similar. Not a lot of teams come back from down 3-1. However, the Warriors have been involved on both sides of that uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's true. I'm Draymond sh- Green is not suspended, though. Yeah. I am interested to see how this COVID situation ends up with Steve Kerr. Yes, definitely something to keep an eye on. And whether that, uh, you know, goes into some of these players, uh, that would be another interesting thing to add in here. Um, But, you know, without any any crazy situation like that, yes, I think Memphis could potentially win one more game in this series, but I think think they're, they're going fishing. Yeah, I agree. All right, we got two. Real quick, before we move on, yep. I'm, I'm reading the comments in here, and everybody's on the Mike Brown discussion. I just real quickly want to add a couple things here, and, and maybe you do too. Um, Progressive G specifically, yes, everybody's biggest uh, worry or concern about Mike Brown is that he can't win without LeBron. I urge you, go look up what Phil Jackson's record without Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq is. Yeah. Look up what Greg Popovich's record without Tim Duncan, without Tony Parker, without Kawhi Leonard is. Yep. Great players, good coaches need great players. It just goes hand in hand. So, yes, there, you can point to that, but you can point to that for just about every coach in NBA history. What's Red Auerbach's record without Bill Russell? Like the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, good points. Um, the thing about Mike Brown, which is a little different than some of those other guys, is the sample size is much smaller. Of course, it is um, much smaller. But, yeah, I, I, I just say every Kings fan that's out there, just take a deep breath of fresh air. Relax. We got a coach. This is the guy the GM wanted, not the owner. Um, let him build something. Then if you want to be critical, that's fine. But just chill out right now. It's too early to jump on this guy. We need to give him at least an opportunity uh, to do something. And, you know, I, I go back to, to someone I commented on in a few videos ago in terms of, uh, you know, Mike Brown did much better uh, with LeBron James than Luke Walton did. So uh, I'll leave that and, there. And I like that point, that he might not be a good fit for the Kings specifically. To me, that's a different argument than he's not a good coach because he can't win without LeBron. It, yeah, and, I mean, I have issues with that too, right? Like, maybe he's not a good fit for the team. Like, how do you really know that? How do we even know what this team is going to look like next year? The only guy that really has some insight on that 
is Monty McNair, and he's the one that hired Mike Brown because he feels like he's the right yeah. fit. So uh, just pump the brakes a little bit, relax. We'll see what happens after the end of the off season. I think and, we're on uh, the same page that we we liked different candidates. I wasn't a Mark Jackson fan, yeah. but I you know I'm still confused as to why Kenny Atkinson wasn't interviewed. Um, I thought some of these younger guys should have made the final list, like a Darvin Ham or a Will Hardy, something like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. And, I yeah, I agree. We wish him the best, yeah. for sure. Shout-out to Ivan here. Good to see you. And shout-out to Key Kings. Good to see you as well. You got a good feeling about the draft lottery. I do, too. One week away, Calvin. It's going to be exciting. Make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, who knows? Kings? could get a top pick here uh if they don't it still gives us more clarity as far as like what's going to happen this offseason what direction they're going to go but just please pump the brakes on mike brown give the dude a chance give the dude a chance there's Uh, not all kings fans are going to give him a chance there's not many people whether they disagree with the hiring or not that's what a kings fan does they're going to give him a chance and there's there's not many people or coaches in the NBA that have won the Coach of the Year award. So I know you could say LeBron James was on that team, all this stuff. We've seen LeBron James not perform well with bad coaches. Um, so like what Calvin said, great coaches need great players. Great players need great coaches. Um, it goes hand in hand. All right. Let's talk about today's games, Calvin. Let's do it. We got a... Uh, Two games today. If you would have asked us last week, uh, both of us would have considered these series over. Yeah. Uh, we were wrong. Going to point that out right here. Like we say on the show, right? You do well, we point it out. You do yep. bad, you yep. point it out. When we're right, we point it out. When we're wrong, we're pointing it out. Both of these series are now tied 2-2. Two, two. Uh, first game today, Philadelphia travels to Miami uh, to face the Heat. Kyle Lowry is out in this game. Joel Embiid is back. Um, exciting game here, Calvin. This is really exciting. Oh, I yeah. expect the Heat to get back to playing team ball again. We were watching this morning. They were talking about Jimmy Butler was trying to play hero ball in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know if that's because Jimmy Butler played with the Sixers and they wouldn't give him a max deal. They chose Tobias Harris over him or, or whatever happened there. But I expect Miami to get back to team ball. I expect them to win this game. Um, they are favored by two and a half. Calvin, what are your thoughts? I agree with you. I think Miami, they, they're going home. Um, Miami is constructed of, you know, no real stars or superstars, right? And they've got a bunch of just really, really solid players that fit their roles. So, Generally speaking, role players play better when they're at home. I think they will shoot much better from three, which has been a huge Achilles heel for them since the series went to Philadelphia. Uh, the question for me is, you know, what it, it does Embiid continue to get better? Because we saw him have an okay game three, then he had a little bit better of a game four. Is he going to continue to to build back up to that MVP level of play that he was out before he got hurt? And James Harden. Yep. What does James Harden look like? If he is out he there hitting threes, five to six threes again, 30 points, um, Philadelphia has got a great chance to win this game and take control of the series. I still think Miami wins this game tonight, sticking with the home teams in both of these series. A little home cooking I think is going to do Miami well. Yeah. Um, but I expect this game to be close. 
Yeah, I, I'm sticking with the home team as well, but I, I agree with you, Calvin. James Harden has got to be the old James Harden for them to win this game. I'm looking at James Harden's production this game versus the guys like Tyler Hero and these other shooters with Miami Heat. I think whoever ends up shooting better from three-point range in terms of those guys is probably going to win this game, and I'm edging with the home team in Miami. Yep. And uh, I think that Kyle Lowry, unfortunately, was hurting them the past couple games. Yeah, being out there, definitely. He's out in this game. It gives them some more clarity. Uh, I expect them to to win this game. All right, Calvin. Game two today. Um, We have Dallas at Phoenix. More exciting drama. I don't know the over under on how many uh, unwanted hugs Chris Paul's family (laughs) is going to get in this game. It is in Phoenix. Yeah, um, so those would all be wanted hugs, right? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all I know is I know where Chris Paul gets his fire from yeah. now. Hopefully um, none of Luca's family is at this game <laughs> in Phoenix tonight. Phoenix is favored by six and a half in this game. Uh, nobody listed on the injury report. We saw Jalen Brunson get back to it. We saw Dorian Finney-Smith play well yeah. in the previous game. Um, you said you're taking the home team here, but uh, – what does Dallas need to do to win this game? They need to do exactly what they've been doing all season and all postseason. They've got to – Luka's got to be Luka. They've got to play good team defense, limit the amount of outside shot opportunities that they give the other team. Uh, they play at a slow pace. They want the score to be low scoring. And they they need to have their role players hit threes. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. exactly the same as, you know, a lot of these other teams we're talking about. If Dorian Finney-Smith hits eight threes in a game, Dallas has a really, really good chance to win yep. that game. Obviously, Jalen Brunson needs to play well, too. But, um, they yeah, they have to stick to what's gotten them here. It, they can't run away from that at this point. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't but, agree more. But to me, this game, this is a revenge game for Chris Paul. Exactly. I, I look for him to be very aggressive early on, looking to score, get that mid-range shot going. Um, you know, we've already seen him be perfect in one game in this postseason. Mm-hmm. I think he has another really, really solid game tonight, and other guys are going to build off of that. DeAndre Ayton, I think, is the person that benefits the most from that. Yeah, I look at this game as whatever Luka Doncic does, whatever Devin Booker does in this game, it does not matter. If Phoenix is going to win this game, they need Chris Paul to be Chris Paul. And if Dallas is going to win this game, they need the bench players or the others to be hitting their shots yeah. and putting uh, do we, pressure on Do we on know if Scott Phoenix. Foster is officiating this game? Uh, let me check here. I don't think so. Okay, then we're good. That Chris would, Paul's good. That would not be good for Chris Paul. I don't think they have it listed on here, but I, I'm pretty sure we would have heard if he was. Probably. We probably would have heard all this. about that. Yeah. Um, Chris Paul would have tweeted about it or, or something. At this point, he's only making his case worse yeah. than the dude. <laughs> but anyways, back to my point. I could care less what Devin Booker or Doncic do in this game. Uh, you know what you're going to get out of those guys. It's either Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or the others on Dallas that are going to make the difference in this game. Um, and, you know, that might come down to three-point shooting, right? Whoever ends up shooting the three-ball better. Um, Phoenix is favored by six and a half. You think it's going to be closer than that? Hard to tell. I mean, this series has been kind of all over the place. You know, we've seen close games. Uh, we've seen blowouts by both teams. Um, if 
I don't know. It, that's not too much of a spread. I, I would, if I was putting money on it, I would pick Phoenix to win by seven. But okay, I I, I just feel confident that they're going to come out and win this game. Yeah, I, I'm taking both home teams, same as you. One thing I've learned this week, Calvin, is if I pick the same games that you do, then there's no way you can get ahead of me <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of wins and losses. What's up, Flame Flurry? Good to see you. All right, Calvin, anything else you want to mention on today's games before we jump into Q&A? Uh, no, it's going to be a great day of basketball. Two hugely important game fives mm-hmm. um, and two unlikely game fives. I, you know, I don't think many people expected both of these series to be knotted up at two apiece with either team really having a chance to win. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting. It, the playoffs have really been exciting so far. I'm excited for both of these games. All right, moving on here. Progressive G says, do you think Embiid was robbed of MVP? Um, we are doing Q&A now, so if you guys do have any questions, go ahead and post them in the chat, and uh, we will wrap up the show with answering as many of your questions as we can. Calvin, what do you think on MVP? Um, man, we could probably talk for another hour just about this one question because there's there's so many things that you can really say. All all I will say is Joel Embiid was my pick for MVP probably for the first three quarters of the season. Uh, did he deserve to win it? I think he absolutely did. I think he got more robbed that he finished third instead of second as opposed to winning it. That to me is ridiculous ridiculous i i love Giannis as a player he had a phenomenal season as well um but the fact that Embiid finishes third in this race is more of a snub to me than him winning it itself i think Jokic is was more than deserving of the award as well i I also think you have to take the playoffs away from anything that you think about when you're determining this award it's a regular season award Jokic's numbers speak for himself. He was the first player in NBA history to record, what was it, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season. Uh, First player in 50 years to lead his team in points, rebounds, assists, and field goal percentage. Or Sorry, he was in the top 10 in the NBA in all of those categories. He led his team in almost every statistical category, Mm -hmm. blocks, steals, rebounds, assists, points. It was absurd what he did. He dragged that team to the playoffs by himself. And his second and third best players were out. Exactly. So I don't think you can really make a fair argument that either one of these guys didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I think that all three were deserving, and I wouldn't have been angry if if either of those three won. Um, But I do agree with you, Calvin. I think that Embiid probably should have been second in voting. Uh, but I'm not going to go as far as like Charles Barkley or some of these other guys saying that he was robbed of an MVP award. Yeah, I just think that's crazy to me. I, Only one guy know. can get it every year, and there's a lot yeah. of amazing players in the NBA that have amazing seasons. All right. Um, thoughts on the Mike Brown hire? We talked about that earlier, but we can touch base on it real quick again. Um, but real quick, Ivan says, watch the MIT 2016 Sloan Conference with Mike Brown and Monty. It was interesting, and I think it could work out. Uh, real quick, Calvin, thoughts, Mike Brown? The, the Nuggets did finish six, but they had less on their team. <laughs> Jokic was the entire team all year long. And, yeah, Embiid had the highest usage, all that stuff. 
Um, but he still had a Tyrese Maxey that helped him for most of the season. They traded for James Harden towards the end, and James Harden went uh, had some really good games for the first month that he played there. Embiid had more help than Jokic did for the entirety of the season, I think. Yep. Um, and real quick on Mike Brown, I'll just, again, say the same thing that I've been saying. It's great that the Kings are together on this decision. They're not letting the ownership step in and, uh, you know, force them to make any decision in general. They're, he's letting Monty run the, the franchise. That's the way it should be. Basketball operations stay basketball operations, and ownership helps get them what they need. It, they're on the same yep. page, and that's the most important thing to me. Yep. Mike Brown's happy to be in Sacramento. Monty seems happy to have him here. He won Coach of the Year. He's worked with Greg Popovich. He's worked with Steve Kerr. Uh, he's been on a lot of winning teams. He's not a drama guy. Um, so I love all those things. I do. Um, did you guys agree with Monty Williams getting Coach of the Year? I believe he deserved it, but it was definitely a tight race. Yes, I, I agree with everything that is in that statement. It was a very tight race. You could have made a case for a few guys. Ime Odoka from Boston, Eric Spolstra, Miami, I think, are deserving of the award. But Monty Williams is equally as deserving, I think. They, they were the best team in the league all year long. Um, he has really turned that franchise around, starting back in the bubble before they had Chris Paul. So it, I think, again, this is an, uh, another case where I don't, I don't see how you can make an argument that Monty Williams didn't deserve to win. Yeah, I think it was well well deserved, and, and congratulations to Monty Williams, uh, what he's done with that franchise, and you know a, a lot of those guys, um, James Jones, um, incredible work. So congratulations to them, and you know the Coach of the Year award, it's a great award to win, but he wants to win a championship. That's right. the main right. award that he wants and to win. James Jones won uh, GM GM of the Year last year, right? Yeah. So they yeah. now go back to back in those two awards it, it's always good to get some recognition recognition for when you're doing an excellent job and I, I think both of those guys were, were well deserving so congratulations to them how possible do you think a trade for john collins to sacramento without giving up fox davion or Sabonis? um that's a tough question to answer you know, I, I just have no idea what Atlanta is going to be looking for if they do, in fact, decide to trade John Collins. I would assume that they're going to be looking for a pretty good package in return. Um, the higher the Kings draft pick is obviously helps for yeah. any of those scenarios, right? So if they end up in the top three or top two or even get the number one overall pick, that greatly improves your chances of making a huge trade like that without giving up one of your main core players that you're trying to keep. But Davion is the big question mark for me, right? Like he's one of their maybe best trade assets right now at the moment because he's young, coming off a really good end to the season. Um, and so they, they might have to include a player like that if they're looking to get a big name, um, either power forward or shooting guard in return. Yeah, it, yeah, it's I just agree. a little unclear to me at this point. I agree. I think next week is going to be huge if the Kings are somehow able to get into the top three. That really helps their chances at getting a lot of different guys, not just a John Collins, but a Bradley Beal, uh, you know, a lot of these guys. So we'll see what happens there. I want to know from you, would you give up Davion straight up or Davion and salary fillers for John Collins? Because 
That's a that's an interesting question. I it I is. don't know if I would have an answer for that, but I want to hear from you uh, if you'd be willing to give him up because John Collins is a great player. He has shown that in flashes, yes, but he's had some injury problems in the past. He also hasn't been totally consistent um, as a you know star type player yet in the NBA, but he's still fairly young. There's a lot of upside with him. So yeah, I agree with you. That would be, that would be a tough one. You'd have to sit and think about for a while. Yeah. Do you guys have any surprising player that will possibly go off today in today's playoff games? This is, this is a good question player. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to be debuting probably next week sometime, uh, a betting section on this show right before Q and a, where we're going to, break down you know bets that we like on today's game surprising performances Mm -hmm. stuff like that so this is kind of a great uh you know intro into that anybody you mentioned calvin are you thinking about here um well the first name that comes to mind to me which would be really surprising given how much he's played in this series is duncan robinson yeah Uh, you know jalen rose again was talking about this on jalen and jacoby earlier today and i i got to agree with him if i if there would be a guy that has an opportunity to have a big game that would surprise a lot of people dudes only played one minute in this series we saw them go to philadelphia and really struggle to shoot from the outside that is the one and only thing that duncan robinson is on this team to do we've seen him have big games in the past he went seven for eight or eight for nine or something like that in game one against Atlanta, and that was at home. So uh, that could be a potential surprising performance today. Yeah, two guys I'm looking at. The first one is Victor Oladipo. Um, you know, you may not say that it's surprising. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, had, how much of, would that really surprise you? In the last game, but you look at games uh, this year where they haven't had Kyle Lowry. They've needed other guys to step up. I wouldn't be surprised if Oladipo scored more more than 20 points in today's game. Um, and the other guy I'm looking at is is not so much a surprise, but as a need, uh, and that's Spencer Dinwiddie. If this dude can score 20 points uh, in this Mavs game, I think the Mavs have a better chance at winning. So yep. I would I like look those at picks. either of those guys. All right. Um, what would you package in a trade for Andrew Wiggins? Um, I'll give him Harrison Man. Barnes. <laughs> Barry's been trying to make that trade happen for like three years now. Or <laughs> how long has Andrew Wiggins been on the Warriors? As yeah. long as that has happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, who would you package for Andrew Wiggins? I, I I'm assuming know. this is if you're the Kings. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, that's a tough one. I like Andrew Wiggins a lot. He, he's had, I think, arguably his best year as a pro this year. He, he made the All Star team. Um, didn't always put up huge numbers, but doesn't have to on that team, right? Yep. Um, but I think he's really learned how to play good defense. He's improved his outside shot. So he, he would be a valuable player to grab. Um, I, you know, I would, like any team wants to, I'm trying to give up as little for for that player as possible, right? So somebody like Harrison Barnes and, you know, a couple other salary fillers, basically. Trey Lyles. Or, or yeah, somebody, Trey Lyles. Yeah. Um, Maybe Rashawn Holmes. I don't know if Golden State wants to take a whiff at that. Mm-hmm. They, their center position is kind of up in question anyway. Um, so, yeah, I would start. I think any trade that I make if I'm the Kings starts with Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes for me. Those are the yep. two guys that I think uh, would, if they can pull off a trade for anyone, 
it helps the Kings the most because they're not giving up these young pieces or the star pieces. You know, those are the two guys that you kind of see like fading into the sunset with this team. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back here because I, I did predict that Andrew Wiggins was going to be a better NBA player than Jabari Parker. Um, yes, there's a lot of injuries to Jabari and, and stuff like that, but I, I did make that prediction. I also got to give a shout out to Andrew Wiggins. I think the dude has the best nickname in the NBA, Maple Jordan. <laughs> best mi- nickname. It's a good one. Better than Grand Theft Auto? Grand <sighs> Theft Alvarado? I like Jose GTA. Jose GTA. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty close. I love Maple Jordan, though. Maple Jordan's uh, a good one. I haven't heard anyone call him that in a very long time, though. Yeah, yeah, bring it back. Just like what the Slim Reaper with uh I liked that. KD I like Durantula better. Durantula. Yeah, he did not like that. Key King says, I predict the Kings will get the third pick. I'd be happy with that, but why not strive for higher, man? <laughs> Davion Mitchell in a Mike Brown situation is a match made in heaven. I I agree with that. Davion Mitchell should be one of Mike Brown's favorite players immediately. He's done great with small guards yeah. like Mo Williams, Delonte West. Yeah, yeah like yeah. He, he's 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 done great. The Sloan Conference featured Scott Brooks, Vinny Del Negro. Haven't heard that name in a while. Brian Scalabrini. Those would be excellent assistants for Mike Brown. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Scott Brooks got fired right from Washington. Did he? I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. I, I'm not sure. I haven't been paying too much attention to Washington other than the fact <laughs> that Bradley Beal could potentially be available and all the stuff about Spencer I, I don't remember and, hearing a new coach announced in Washington, so I, I, I don't know if they got rid of Scott Brooks. I don't think anyone has ever led their team to a worse playoff position and still won MVP. As good as Jokic was, there's no way he should have won it this year. Yeah, uh, again, that goes back to how do you define giving out the award, right? Is is it just given to the best player in basketball for that particular season? How much does winning uh, count? You know, where does your team have to finish in the standings in order for you to qualify? What If sixth is too low, do they have to be fourth or better? Do they have to be third or better? Um, it, it just, everybody has a different opinion of how the award is is viewed. I just got to look up the 2017 NBA standings. They fired Scott Brooks last. Oh, that's right. Wes Unsell Jr. coached the Wizards uh, this year. 2017, guess who won the MVP award? That would be Mr. Russell Westbrook. And he led the Oklahoma City to a 47-35 and record, good enough for sixth in the West. There you go. And he wasn't missing his second and third best players. Uh, he was, well, Durant wasn't on that team, was he? Nope. So technically he was missing his second best player. <laughs> I mean, that team, I'm trying to look at the whole roster here. Um, but I, I would argue that that team, um, was s- similar in terms of the Nuggets situation. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. What's next for Alvin Gentry? Man, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's kind of at the mercy right now of uh, of the the other 
coaching staffs, head coaching staffs or head coaches in the league, right? Yeah. We'll wait to see as teams, you know, fill out their benches. I, I think he is ultimately either waiting for uh, an organization to say, we want you to, to be an assistant on this team, or perhaps he moves into the front office somewhere, that, or he retires altogether, you know? I think it's up to him, really, at this point. That how much longer does he want to keep grinding and keep coaching? Ivan's got a good point here. Gentry and Walton will return to Golden State. Could happen. How do the Kings just keep hiring Golden State assistants? <laughs> right? She's like, oh, we're going to get another Golden State assistant. That That's our guy. Phoenix, what's up, dude? Yeah, you are a little late. We're just finishing up with Q&A here. So if you got any questions, we'd love to uh, answer them. You can always uh, rewind to the beginning, though, and watch the show. We also post every single one of these on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, all those fun things down right here in the corner. Ivan, that would be a dream scenario if you're Sacramento, but I'm pretty willing to bet money that Chet will not be there at pick three. Prediction for Dallas versus Phoenix? Prediction for Dallas versus Phoenix. I'm yep. taking Phoenix. Yep, me too. Oh, and also, sorry, I missed uh, Flame Flurry. says Suns or Warriors. I'm still sticking with the Suns at this point. I will stick with the Suns for now, too. I, I picked that series to go seven games, so I, in my mind, it's kind of a toss-up anyway. But Key King says Steve Kerr and Mike Brown supposedly loved Davion Mitchell during the draft workouts last year. I mean, why wouldn't they? Uh, I think there's a lot to love about that guy, and they both love defensive uh, guards, so it makes sense. All right, Phoenix, Scott Brooks, perfect assistant to Mike Brown. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the Kings need to fill it out. There's probably a long list of names that would be great assistants next, next to Mike Brown. I still want there's Doug Christie to come back, There's a lot of good young coaches. Too. There's a lot of good uh, veteran coaches. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of options for that. Progressive G says at this point, I'm convinced we'll see, or we'll sign Curry and Thompson when they're like 45 years old. That's very possible. I didn't <laughs> think I would ever see Vince Carter in a Kings uniform. And we saw him playing with the Kings when he was what, 40 years old or 38 or something. Yeah. I don't know if Curry ever leaves the Warriors. My bet is for him to go to the Knicks. He said he wanted to get drafted by New York on draft night back yeah. in 2007. I see that as, as unlikely. I, I feel leaving. like he's a lifer for the Warriors. But yep. if he were to leave, um, I think Sacramento would be pretty low on my list of teams that he would end up on. I thought Paul Pierce was going to be a lifer on the Celtics. That's and, true. You know, much different That's player. True. But I, I agree with you. I don't see him leaving the Warriors at all. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Clay Thompson because as yeah. we talked yesterday – um, you know, is Jordan Poole going to take that guy's spot? Right. Uh, is he okay coming off the bench making $40 million? I would be. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then what does he do after his contract's over? So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You guys think Milwaukee's drop defense will get cooked in game five? Um, Boston's at home. But they shoot much better from three at home. So there's, yeah, there's a good chance of that. Would you draft Jalen Brown has really found his outside shot recently too. So there's, yeah, there's definitely a good chance. Would you draft Kaminga over Davion? I think Calvin would. Yes. Yeah. Kaminga was my favorite player in the draft out of everybody. The, the dude's upside is off the charts. 
Tatum can't buy a mid-range shot in that drop defense. He's shooting like 33% in the mid-range these playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He he's definitely looked like a different guy in the last uh, the last game. So if he can continue to do that, it's it's all good news for Boston. All right, Calvin, let's wrap up the show here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Once again, we appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, you know hang out with us here on the stream. We appreciate you all. Please hit that like button. Please hit that notification bell so you're notified when we do put out a new video. And also, please hit that subscribe button. We will be back tomorrow again for another episode. Same time as always. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Calvin, anything, uh, any last words? Have fun watching two real big game fives tonight. It's going to be an exciting day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. The bar is closed. Please close out your tabs. And as always, don't forget to tip your bartender.